0: Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Perfectly Good Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that is counting down every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. Stripped to our innocence, (laughs) we have my sister in all things Hyatt, Sylvan Gros. Hoping
1: not to be a weak link in a long chain of events.
0: Yes. So, Sylvan is here. I'm Jesse Jackson. We are talking old-school John Hyatt today. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what we're talking about, Sylvan. Today,
1: we are talking about a song called Top Cop Party, which was track number seven on 2-Bit Monsters, which was released in 1980. And despite my digging, I could not find the actual date of that release. I do know that a review I was able to find from the Boston Globe was published in late July, 1980. So I think it's fair to assume it was a summer CD release, which... I think plays into the character of the song we're going to be discussing. It was track number seven. It was also re-released in 1993 as a bargain bin double with Slugline. So those two albums have always been very much in tune in my mind. Slugline and Treatment Monsters, one of the few John Hyatt CDs without a title track. I'm glad that he didn't choose Cop Party as a title track. Yes. This was co-produced with Denny Bruce, who produced Slug Line. And there's, of course, Michael Elliott's book goes into great detail about how these albums were created. But I did a little bit of digging into some old articles. And it's interesting, the take, that people either thought that Denny Bruce was the best thing that happened and John should have just let him have his way and other people say oh if only John had been able to work with someone other than Denny Bruce then maybe we could have gotten something a little bit better also just of note of the band on this album Howie Epstein who was the bass player with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers until he passed in 2003 was on here and one of my favorite quotes of all time was from the article Clean and Sober by David Wilde of Rolling Stone, which is a great interview in depth with John talking about his early career. It was published just after Stolen Moments. And John was reflecting on how these albums were a low point for him, both professionally and personally. He talked about the fact, I'm just going to read the quote, to support the MCA albums, Hyatt hit the road with a backing group, though he spent less time getting to know the boys in the band than getting up. And this is a quote from John. I was not a nice guy in those days. I would have liked to have been friends with my bandmates, but I was too sick a pup for anything like that. However, Wilde writes that not everyone remembers Hyatt that way, Howie Epstein, who now plays bass with Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, says that Hyatt was quote, a great boss and a wonderful kind guy from my perspective. So, I've often thought that John was always a little too hard on himself, but I can't listen to Slugline and Two-Bit Monsters without hearing a guy who may be not able to like himself as much as those around him can like him. We are straying a little bit from song facts into biography, but I think it's relevant and that's what I got.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you did that. And I've been on the record Slug Line was the first John Hyatt album that I listened to. Rest in peace, Rick Lisko is the one who gave us this. I started dating Linda in February 1980. So obviously, probably we were dating when this came out. Mm-hmm. And I probably would have bought it to try to impress her because that's what you do when you're dating someone. Um, they're interested in it. I told you before we hit record that... I told Linda we were talking about cop party, and she immediately started saying the lyrics. So and
1: I have to give Linda some major kudos. That puts her in a pantheon of Hyatt fans. A very yes, I regard in a small group amongst a small group. So. Yeah,
0: she she probably has. In fact, when we went and saw him the last time, she was like, "I I think probably the trilogy is when probably when she started drifting off." But, man, those first few albums was what she just wore out on on eight tracks, probably. <laughs> uh, thanks for the facts. We'll take a break here and come back, and we'll break down this very old, <laughs> yeah, very odd J- John Hyatt song. So hang tight. Be right back.
2: Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds.
0: And we're back. As I was saying, I remember listening to this album. It as I was listening to this today, I'm reminded this is really angry, John. This is not
1: Learning how to love you.
0: Yeah, and also uh, I don't this is not subtle imagery, John. (laughs) <laughs> this is not a, I don't want to say elaborate, but a complicated metaphors and doing a lot of, this is angry young man this mm-hmm. is not a lot of, it is not the John Hyatt that we, I have grown to love. And so I'm really curious, and we're going to go through this lyrics, but your overall thoughts, that's mine. Mine is, gosh, this guy is angry at this point.
1: Yeah, it, it's a guy with the chip on his shoulder and a guy who has something to prove. Specifically, I think it's a songwriter who's trying to prove his own cleverness and his own emotional depth. And it has a level of effort that when we talk about the John that would have inspired us to start this podcast, it's a songwriter who makes it seem effortless. Like I personally look at this and I see someone scrawling on a legal pad and crossing things out and maybe hanging out at the bar with his buddies, trying out some kind of clever lyrics or image and just trying to impress more than trying to communicate. I also wanted to mention that though it was not on either album, There's a song called Spy Boy that actually reminds me a lot of this. And that was featured in a movie called Cruising, which also came out in 1980. And it's an interesting song. Maybe we'll get into it in season two when we start digging into the unreleased tracks and bootlegs. But I think you could interchange them. And I also, if anyone is interested in film theory, Cruising... I wouldn't put as a high quality film, but it is certainly a film of its time, especially as it relates to how people felt about the police force, about the war on drugs, and specifically also about the gay rights movement. So just an interesting thing that while all this that we talk about, that John was trying to be radio friendly and he was trying to find an audience this little b-side that actually did get some attention and is mentioned in a lot of articles of that time was in this pretty it was actually a movie that was rated nc-17 and some people refused to even have it in theaters so a little bit of cinematic trivia which i'm not usually known for
0: all right all right you want to break down the lyrics
1: sure all right Down on the beat, they're lining up everyone who's got a mind on a bullet and a mouth like a gun. Boys and girls stripped to their innocence. We run some real weak links in this long chain of events.
0: So this is written in 80. We certainly are not talking about the current. There is a with George Floyd and all the other things that have gone on about concerns with police. But there's always been that dynamic between the police officers and the general public. And Mm -hmm. we certainly back the blue on this podcast. We certainly appreciate those who, to protect us, but there is that. And partly because of, I think we go to the chorus, right? Spend the rest of your life in this TV show, Mm -hmm. all the TV cops and shown, and the imagery of the solo policemen, the dead, dirty Harrys, the things. He's, I'm not sure what he's trying to say here. I, I don't know if this is a song about police harassment. Is this a song about rebellion? And I'm not sure. And we're lining up everywhere. Who's got a mind on a bullet and a mouth like a gun. I I am not sure what he's trying to say here. I yep. don't have a clear image. And by the way, when I listen to this song on repeat today, the chorus is very catchy. Yeah. It, it's a very catchy. And you uh,
1: say that and it can be a good thing. And you can say that and it can be like, oh, my God, it's a it's. By men, and it's a yeah. jingle. It's a, yeah. something that you can't get out of your head, and you really want to. Yeah.
0: And you break you go to right cop party, you better not go. Spend the rest of your life in this TV show cop party, and you better run because they're not going to stop until they've had their fun, until justice is done. I don't know what the song is about, Sylvan. Help me, please. I
1: wish I could. I wish I could. I would go out on a limb and say, if you ask. John, in 2023, what this song was about to John in 1980, he would say he had no idea. And I don't either. Um, But I think it's an attempt to use the imagery of law enforcement and culture and society into the idea of what goes on in someone's mind. That's my most generous reading that... go ahead. It's like the idea of control and what cannot be controlled and innocence and violence and the interrogation that you have to give oneself or give someone to know them can be akin to interrogation room, a lineup or any of those kind of things. I, I, it to me just really felt like he was trying to take advantage of a cultural phenomenon that was going on because you talk about the, he mentions TV shows. There are TV shows on at the time. I believe I spy with Bill Cosby would have been on around this time, which, you know, was popular. And that made me also think of the I spy for the FBI, which is on the same album. Yeah. But gosh, if I know, and thank you also for mentioning the time period in relation to how the general population felt about the police force and yes we support the police but we also can't deny that it could be ripe for criticism in 1980 and 2023 i really don't think that's what he was going for though yeah. it would be a more interesting song take a drink bruce springsteen what is his is it 21 shots or 27 yeah, it's shots?
0: Uh, it's american skin 41 shots 41
1: shots, thank you. Yes. Yeah, it's not American skin. It's yeah, I think not even taking the cops as an idea seriously, just like playing with the idea of law and order chaos and interrogation. I don't know. Maybe there's more to be found if we keep on going with the
0: lyrics. And just since you mentioned for those of you who are not aware, Bruce Springsteen did write American skins, 41 shots about a and I cannot think of the young man's death but it was a shooting and where everything that could go wrong did go wrong and and the song starts with 41 shots and you'll take that ride cross the bloody river to the other side 41 shots cut through the night you're kneeling over his body in the vestibule praying for his life and is it a gun is it a knife is it a wallet this is your life and Bruce has said this is the police officer that has shot this innocent person standing over him praying for his life now that they've realized that they should not have shot this person. I want to say that John, everyone with a fine tooth comb. So leave your keys in the car and wisecracking at home. Spread them, boys, and don't you turn around. We're going to make you real sorry that you ever came into this town. So if you read that, you could imagine a an overly protective police force in a small town harassing the, the juvenile delinquents. The, <laughs> if this was a 50s move, the greasers. Yeah. And but I don't know if that, I don't think that's a consistent message here. Sure. I think that's what I pick out of this verse, but I don't kick that over in the song. What, how about you?
1: Yeah, there, there's nothing consistent in this song for me. And I feel like there's clever twists of phrase. And yeah. this verse could have been The foundation of something that did play with the seriousness, the control, the wisecracking, the deep level of digging into something to try to find the truth. And then the the renegade who's in a place he shouldn't be. There's all that stuff, but it's like you put a steak dinner into a blender and it doesn't taste good anymore because you're eating all the stuff that shouldn't be mingled up together and at a bad texture.
0: Not to get ahead of ourselves. No, there is a series of novels that are the Reacher novels by Lee Childs. And there was two Tom Cruise movies, which were good, though people were unhappy that Tom Cruise was cast in this film. There is an an Amazon miniseries and, it's coming back for a second season. And the idea is Reacher is a ex-military policeman that drifts from city to find America. Basically, uh-huh. the premise is he spent his life overseas, being in the military. He was a son of a military. And so he spent his childhood overseas where his dad was stationed. He joined the military. He rose up to a high rank, was very decorated military police and he retired and now then he's seeing the country that he support and that's the premise of all these and he gets into small towns and there's a problem and he ends up getting involved and there's corruption and rinse repeat by the way great mini-series I recommend it strongly Reacher on Amazon Prime but this could have been that story right that a young a young hero that maybe his hair is a little too long maybe he is just a little too smart aleck to the deputy sheriff that is in the southern that has their belly is over this typical thing and get sorry but that's it's not there because then we go to our chorus and then we Uh get summer is here we're out in the street the verdict is already in tune up the music here comes the heat where did our rebel without a cause go to it, it's almost okay i get you martha Vandell's summer's here and it's time <laughs> to ride go dancing in the street so yeah i don't know where that line comes from on this
1: no and pulling back the curtain we record two episodes a night and we were just talking about cross my fingers and how much that bridge brings that song to another level and it takes you on an emotional journey with it. This bridge is like you said, Jesse, it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't take you on an emotional journey because we were confused. Now we're more confused and we're not getting any less confused when we return to the verses. And again, it's like, it, are we supposed to feel an anxiety? Are we supposed to feel a kinship with the people who the cops are going after? Are we supposed to feel a kinship with the cops? Who is out on the street? Everybody? And who's making the verdict? I don't know. Here comes the heat can mean here come the cops, here comes the high energy and music, but it certainly doesn't deliver any of those promises of uh, wanting to turn it up and turn up the heat here comes the heat
0: yeah it's it is one of those songs where i it is and i think your point is a blender i can't imagine i can't imagine a yellow legal pad and john writing songs and oh this is a cute phrase and oh we could put this together and Sometimes you need a good editor. You Uh need someone to say, wait a minute, what are you trying to say here? We've already talked Bruce. So now let's do the, let's do the hat trick. As I've been sharing, I'm a really big fan of Jason Isbell right now. And he talks about his process is when he writes a song, Amanda Shires, which is his wife is his first audience. And she goes, nope, not ready. Nope, not ready. nope, not ready. Yes, it's ready. Mm -hmm. And he said he would no more think of recording a song without her telling it's done. And it works the same way. When she writes a song, she goes, yep. And he goes, nope, not sure. I think at this point, I don't know if John had an Amanda in his life as a creative partner. I think he's still trying to find that.
1: And Yeah, I, just biographically speaking, this is a, about the time that he was married to Isabella and she would be deceased in another three years. So yeah. like, it, it was a tumultuous time, I'm sure.
0: And you also don't want to, you don't want to color substance because of his battle, very vocal battle of substance abuse. We talked about that in our Just the Facts that this was a volatile relationship and some people think this producer was good some people not you wonder and i said this is an angry young man the cover of the album is an angry young man the songs sound like an angry young man he drove out of indiana in the back of a pickup truck ready to burn it all down right
1: yeah Yeah, this is definitely the burning it all down phase. Yes. And I think my math was off there, by the way, but
0: I I know what you're saying. These are
1: the California days that he talks about not even knowing what he was thinking about, which is why I brought up that David Wilde. But yeah, and I think it was also just a lot of effort into trying to find the thing that people are going to connect with. And it is really funny that, now a new John Hyatt album comes out and there's always a line that someone's he's writing about me that you do feel that connection and it, it, it we love telling ourselves that story I love telling myself that story half the time what he's writing about doesn't have anything to do with what we're connecting with and and maybe we should have had Linda on for this one so she could tell us why she
0: well, wasn't and, well you know she just she just knows the lyrics. She huh? just she hasn't thought about what they meant. She's just it's cop party and you better not go because it is a catchy chorus, but I just don't know if it's something significant.
1: Yeah. And should have really made sure I'm going to be correct about this, but this predates the whole reality TV show cops and that phenomena. Yeah. So when he's talking about spend the rest of your life on this TV show, maybe he was a little bit of a Cassandra or predicting the future there, but
0: yeah. So yeah, I assumed it was some like a police procedural or something, mm-hmm. but that is interesting with cops. That would be, that is very thought. I know we try to, we don't have a time set time on these podcasts. We take whatever time we take, I don't have anything else to share. I don't in this have one. anything. Yeah, no. I, there I, weren't g- any covers. Yeah,
1: big surprise.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to give this a one. I just, I don't, I can't even say. I see what he's trying to do here, but it just didn't work. I truly don't know what. I don't even see what he's trying to do now if this was one of your first John Hyatt albums, as you talked about when Perfectly Good Guitar, that was the first album you bought by yourself. You may have this, you had discovered Hyatt and he was drunk on a concert and you got to see him in a small stage and you picked up Two Button Monsters. You might love every song on this because it brings you back to a time where, No one in the world knew who this guy was, but you did and you got to love it. So you may give it a three or four. And if that's the case, we want you on this podcast to share the next song on Two Bit Monsters. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. But I just think there are so many other songs that I adore. And I don't know if we've given a one before, but this is a one to me.
1: Yeah, and for the record, the next song from Two Bit Monsters will be "Down in Front," which is currently scheduled for November, so plenty of time okay. for people who want to take you up on that challenge, Jesse. And very well said all around. I, yeah. I to me, this is a reminder of what the R five star scale is. Yeah, is it catchy? Yes. Is it vocally interesting to listen to? Yes. Is there music behind it that is admirable? Yes. Are there clever turns of phrases? Yes. Is it something that I would put on to introduce someone to John Hyatt? Absolutely not. Do I occasionally skip it if it happens to come on shuffle? Yes, I shall admit that sin to all of our listeners that I sometimes do hit the next button, even when it's John Hyatt that comes around. So this is a definition of a one song to me.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Do you have the archive? Have we gone a one before?
1: We have on the one okay. the songs that we actually doubled up because they okay, are we yeah.
0: feeling. <laughs> no, that's, yeah. Okay, at least this one warranted its own episode, so it's yeah, that's, it. that's pretty funny.
1: I'm looking at the oh, thank goodness there are some redeemable songs on Two Bit Monsters, but Good. we're gonna take a while to get there. Okay, <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh wow! Even when it is not that great of a song it is great talking to you sylvan it's
1: lovely talking to you jesse yeah it's nice to have a kindred spirit
0: yes it is
1: everything you said there about if this was the album that made you love john or for whatever reason that you love it that's a hundred percent valid and i love taking this journey with you that you can see that and yes it it only makes the ones that are really our favorites our five-star songs shine all the brighter
0: yeah All right. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? (laughs) I'm scared to say now they can
1: reach out to us on Facebook at our podcast page, Perfectly Good Podcast. They can find me as Sylvan Groth on Facebook. We are of course on the John Hyatt fans group quite a lot. I am Sylvan Green Eyes on Twitter. And it's been a while, I think since I gave a shout out to my friends, Emil and, the John Hyatt Archives, which is where my fanzine is hosted. And also, as long as I'm mentioning him, I'm also going to mention Jurgen Feldman, the Perfectly Good Cigar website. Please go ahead and keep up with those. They share lots of great news and old stuff. <laughs> like a lot of articles I've had to dig in to find or have been on those sites.
0: Yes. And while we're giving shout outs, our good friends, J.B. Clark and Rob Carmack, are. Taking a little bit of break, but they are Springsteen sings the alphabet. They are our inspiration. They are in the process of their third or fourth season of going through, they're going through all the Springsteen songs that they missed the first round, which we will have to discuss what when John puts out a new album, what we will do. But so thank you, JB. Thank you, Rob, for the inspiration. I am at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. And would love for you to hear. Hit us up. Tell us why, what you think this song means. And we appreciate it. And I want to stress back that I absolutely adore It Hasn't Happened Yet. I remember loving Good Girl, Bad World. So there are songs that... Back to Normal. We I think we liked Back to Normal and did this. Yeah, that's all right. That was another one of the one songs, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's part of the journey of what we're doing. Thank you for listening. Go to iTunes, rate, and review us. Please. It is one of the ways that people find us. Sylvan, we'll be back and we'll have two more songs to discuss. As yes. you talked about, that we do two a night. And so I am just loving this. I will tell you listeners I we had to skip a week because Sylvan had a life outside of doing podcasting and so I went three weeks without talking to her and I was a little bit in withdrawals.
1: Aww, <laughs> me too yes yeah. thank so, you for everything you do Jesse and yeah you're an inspiration I've been listening to set listing Bruce so I didn't miss you I had that luxury <laughs> that you share so much of yourself in all of your podcasts yeah and yeah, it's so wonderful hearing the positivity that you put out, whether it's about music or TV or any of these fun projects you do.
0: Yes, indeed. So thank you those for those kind words. All right. Despite the tone of this episode, listeners, we still want you to have a little faith.
1: Absolutely. Have a little faith.
0: Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Baby,
2: we can come on home and put the cow horns back on the cat.